Welcome back to the Straight Up Podcast. Today is episode 11. There's no magic formula with Shea Heffern. Shea is decorated both academically and in the sporting sense. Academically, he's currently applying his trade as a trainee actuary with Aviva Insurance in Dublin. No mean feat in itself. However, on top of this, he's also managing a seriously dedicated sporting career. A career that in the past... Um, has involved Shea playing for Armagh Miners, 21s, and even Armagh Seniors. So this episode primarily is based on uncovering how Shea is able to essentially manage his workload um, in such a disciplined and productive fashion. So let's get to the episode. Welcome back to the Straight Up Podcast. Today, we're delighted to welcome Shea Heffernan. Shea, very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, lads. Great no, to be here. Our, our pleasure. Um, I suppose, like a lot of our guests that we've had on, your name was certainly one that sprung immediately to mind, as in someone who, who would want to get on and sort of tap into, um, tap into the way you operate. Um, primarily... Primarily around the area of discipline, because if I'm being honest with myself, um, I've I've met very few people that you know display the level of discipline that that you've displayed, um, and not just currently. I suppose this has been going on since obviously we went to school together, so from the age of what 16, 17, 18, which is quite unique because I think it's common that um, maybe at this age, you know, lads would you know be reading and and getting involved in different bits of content, and then you'll be thinking to yourself. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But you have sort of been laying those foundations from you were a lot younger. So yeah, we're delighted to have you on. Um, I suppose a bit of a backdrop then, lads. Just generally, Shay, uh, start with you first. Sorry. Um, what's been happening currently? Um, what are you up to, or or what's on your plate at this moment in time? Yeah. Uh, thanks very much, Ashin. Um, I currently work in Dublin. Well, currently working from home. Uh, given the circumstances, but uh, based in Dublin, uh, working in Aviva Insurance uh, as a training actuary, uh, completing the professional exams that come along with the, the career, uh, training with Nafena as uh, in Dublin, and obviously with my my home club Clanearn. I uh, can't forget my own now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's and in terms of in terms of, of the career, uh, getting involved with diff um, and, and the corporate social responsibility uh, champion for finance down there so I, I do a lot of uh, the volunteer work down there so it, it, it kind of adds to uh, the kind of the day-to-day role that I, I would be involved in. Yes. Uh, Johnny what's been happening what's been happening over the last period in your obviously it's been two weeks since we met up as well so what's the crack with you? Indeed yes yes I would uh, echo what Ashley said Shay off the bat welcome to the show buddy um, it's great to have you on uh, a new personally and briefly had an exchange a while back, but um, you know, it's good to kind of sit down in a more official context here and kind of drill into what, what makes a big man Shea Heffron tick. 
Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, as far as I'm concerned, what, I, what I've been at, um, thankfully things have started to go sort, sort of back to normal. Um, you know, we're able to get out, of, out and about more now and see each other, as Oshin said there. Uh, the last episode we recorded in person, we're, kind of, we're back to the Zoom at the minute here, but I'm sure we'll all get to meet up in person, lads. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, recently started a wee project at the house with a home gym, so I can cater to PT clients in Armagh and Anytime Fitness in Belfast, where I'm hugged up there, will be opening again the 10th of July. So with that, uh, and as I said, restrictions being lifted, I think that the mood's definitely on the up, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to helping clients one-on-one, as well as keep pumping out this valuable content too. So yeah, Shay, thanks for taking the time this morning, and um, I suppose we'll just get stuck into the discipline aspect. It's It's something that really intrigues me as well because you know whether it's academic um career relationships or sport the four pillars of this podcast me and Ashin uh, set out to explore at the start discipline is very important for all of those um so maybe you could just kind of open up a wee bit about um in those four major areas how you sort of developed yourself into such a character today I know um, obviously in the sporting front as well it's a big thing but you know it's no mean feat to be um, studying actuarial science and being a trainee actuary for Aviva so very 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 fair play to you in that sense mate so I've been in Dublin as well so take it away like what's what's how's that meant um, that you've become who you are? I am I suppose I've chatted with Oshin about this before uh, and you know he's posed the question and just informally to me and you know the whole area of discipline there's no there's no secret formula to it there's no you know big headline you know that i could give you right now that would say right if you do this you'll be disciplined across all areas of your life it's kind of you know those uh those sort of things which gradually over time consistently once you build it up they they add you know they create a disciplined character compound effect I suppose, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and I suppose I'm very fortunate that I had a very strong, uh, a strong kind of disciplined upbringing, and my parents were, I suppose they they weren't necessarily, you know, uh, they didn't keep me locked and keyed in the house, but uh, (laughs) they would have made sure that as soon as I hit or got back in from school at half three, four o'clock, that I was doing my homework as as opposed to watching TV, just wee simple things like that. And I suppose then when I kind of got into my teens, you know, you start to kind of think for yourself. Uh, and I suppose uh, I always kind of knew what I wanted to do. And my mom's teacher, as a 13 as a year old said to me, just mentioned the, the kind of profession of actually. So uh, I always kind of knew what I needed to get in terms of grades. And I always kind of, in terms of my, my sport, I always wanted to try and be the best that I can be. Um, and you know kind of i suppose when i was 15 16 going into the first your first kind of set of professional exams you know gcse's uh you i kind of when i the kind of in the two months up to my first exam kind of leading up to my last exam i set a 40-day plan for myself mm-hmm. so and I, this is because because you Ashin, you were saying if there was any mechanisms that kind of uh that kind of led you to become more disciplined I would probably say, you know, in terms of anything that I did do when I was growing up and anything that I do do now is uh, I prepare meticulously for that. And it was no different when I was 15, 16. Like, so uh, over that plan, you know, up to my GCSEs, it might have been 15 or 16, but I made sure that I knew what I was doing every day and I was accountable to myself. Uh, 
more than anything. So because it's very easy, you know, you can, it's very easy to go through life and and to, to bluff people and to fool people because you know uh, your coach isn't always watching you. Your your mom and dad's not always watching you study. Uh, but you know deep down whether you're putting in the effort or not. So I kind of probably from from an early age I always was very accountable to myself and uh, just didn't really. Um, leave any stone unturned as such yeah so I think it was the case then that yeah. suppose ed- education is really good because um, discipline is almost facilitated you know because you're obviously in a classroom environment and then whenever you go home at your 14 15 whatever again that's being facilitated because your parents are sort of um, obviously encouraging you to study etc so by the time you become 18 19 because you've already been doing it on a really um, you know, organized fashion whenever the time comes that that facilitation leaves you as in university and you know yeah. where you sort of have to become independent mm-hmm. just by the fact that you have been doing it repeatedly repeatedly and then you're still in position to carry that on obviously because you know whenever you're 18 19 the sort of the distractions maybe 17 18 the distractions become more they become more prominent and obviously it can be easy to take your eye off off the, the priorities as such. Um, Very real ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, that was, I suppose that, that would be my main um, observation from you, Shay, just, just the fact that you were able just to stay completely straightforward and focused the whole time, even in the midst of, of distractions. Because obviously, Johnny, I'm sure you'll agree, when you're 17 or 18, you know that, you know that obviously, you know the right things they know the things you should be doing, but you're almost like it's an age where you're sort of developing and things are opening up for you socially, and it's yeah. so easy to get you know caught up in not in a super negatively way, but just just as she says, taking her eye off the ball enough to to be sort of detrimental. Would you say that? Would you agree with that? Absolutely, Shay, and I can I can definitely resonate with how you came across there and and sense of coming up through school and early education, GCSEs and and the like and. It, a lot of it does come down to parenting, parenting and I would credit my mum and dad for keeping me in the straight and narrow through those times and I'm sure the both of you would, would say the same thing well, you know when you recall those days um, and you know whether one's come knocking on your door or you want to do x y and z after school they're saying no stay in get your homework done and you're like oh, you don't let me do anything and you think you're the worst parents in the world and then it really was that uh, recently enough I had a conversation with my mum. I goes, thanks very much for keeping me in the house all those times. I could have been led astray. And uh, that really, really developed discipline in me from a young age. And as you said then, um, you know, going through university when no parents are there to keep you on the straight and narrow, you know, even the likes of training over lockdown, you know, when you're usually both boys are involved in teams, when you're going back to training now, you can tell the boys who've been doing the work when nobody's been watching. So discipline covers all, all those sorts of areas. Um, and I can definitely think back myself and think of times too and you know at the time you don't realize how valuable you know in this sense the parents input is the sort of elder the elder statesman telling you what to do and something until you look back that you realize the value in that and um, I can vividly remember your dad yeah he's a clan earned man as they I think I, I would play for the harps when you would, would have went up and played he was always a coach on the sideline for your team wasn't he well yeah he was he was uh, in and out for a few years yeah but uh, yeah, yeah. he's actually a dairy man but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's a he's a he's a blue and clan iron man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and would you credit a lot of your sort of how what what's made your man dead to him? I'm sure you will, of course, and and I, I suppose as well, um, the fact that I can remember him 
being such a loud voice in the sidelines, to me, would probably say that he's probably a big, um, a big figure in the club as well. Yeah, well, um, I suppose uh, he, he just helped out for a few years. But, like, I mean, when you're growing up and you're a seven, eight-year-old, uh, you're just you're a complete sponge. So you just uh, the people around you are so yeah. important, and that's why you know you develop a lot of things when you're that age, and you subconsciously don't know that. Um, or consciously don't know that, and it's just all kind of part of your wiring growing up. So I, I probably, you know, when I got to the age of 14, 15, when I was doing those kind of plans, that didn't come about by accident. You know, that was uh, part of a, probably an ongoing process since it was, you know, since it was a six month year old, you know. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I would uh, like as, as, as a child, and even to this date, my, my mom and dad are my greatest role models. So. Yeah, I have a lot to thank for them. Thank them for. Um, Shay, what was I going to say there? Yeah, so the thing with education and sort of, um, did you have a view? What way do I want to put this? With education in school and university, you have explicit sort of targets or explicit endpoints. Yeah. As in end of year exams mm-hmm. or even midterm exams. Yeah. So my question would be going down the actuarial route because there's so many professional exams you're almost you're almost you know you see the obstacle in front of you as in the exam get over it and then you can clearly see where the next one's coming yeah so do you think that the nature of that sort of the nature of actuary or professional studies that suits your your suits your approach because uh, johnny i bring you on on this obviously we we haven't done professional degrees so you sort of go into a role and unless you explicitly write down you know your goal or your end of year target it's not there whereas you know a professional degree like like she is doing where the exams are coming you can always you know you can almost you can always see the, the next explicit target and um, so yeah. do you think do you think that would work in your it obviously does you think that works in your favor yeah well I'll, I'll just add to that yeah i would yeah, echo what i should say but i would say that um for me like i did a law degree but i had the option to then do the legal practice course and like professionally qualify in law you know to be a solicitor who can give legal advice and you know speak in court and all the rest of it for me i recognized at an early stage of my degree i didn't want to do that so i kind of just did my three years and then i went on to do a master's in criminology and stuff and look look where, where i am I don't have any regrets and stuff, but it's interesting analyzing, you know, Ashley laid it out there that for me, I was kind of, I would always be looking for, I would always be looking for the end point. I can't wait, not that I didn't like it, but I was always ready to, you know, get out of education and get into the real world. But, you know, you can obviously go on um, by this in a second, but I'm sure with the nature of your profession and coming out of degree, exams are coming thick and fast so how do you um you know not only prepare obviously to pass the exams but how do you keep yourself mentally in check to know that the end point isn't necessarily coming anytime soon yeah i mean sometimes it's it's not it's not a a a rosy process and it's not everything's not just you know i love exams and and whatnot but I've, I've grown because I have developed these habits kind of as a, as a young lad uh, growing up. I, in a very strange sense, kind of enjoy the whole examination process. Um, I like putting in the grind, you know, I, and when I'm in Dublin there, I get up at 6 a.m. and studying for two hours, going into work and training after work. So it's kind of, it's, it's very important as, uh, 
you know, it's a very, it's a very cliche term, but you just really have to enjoy the process of it all. Um, and once you enjoy the process, you know, then things come easy. Um, and I'm sure Johnny and Oshin, you know, you've ventured down different pathways. That's not to say that you encounter the, the same challenges and, the, and, and as you know, you need to make, you know, carry out those habitual kind of processes on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With with the gym and with yeah your 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 business backgrounds as well too. Yeah, but that's what I'm asking. I'm asking, um, because like at what interval would you have an exam every what six months or something? Every yeah, roughly every six months, two times a year. So that gives you a nice sort of you know plan of yeah you know sec- half year and then the year. Mm-hmm. You know, as as opposed to. Unless, unless we really document our career goals, you know, the six month plan or the 12 month plan isn't there. Whereas yours is sort of explicitly laid out. Yeah. I need to get this exam in six months. And then when I get over that but next exam, I think, I think coming out of university and going into these professional exams has kind of taught me to take one step at a time with that because, because of the pass rate, pass rates can be as low as maybe often 25, 30%, you know, like that's, you really have to take one exam at a time. And not get too. So that must be. That must be handy, and is it thirty <laughs> percent? <laughs> no, but uh, I can I kind of think that uh, you kind of just need to take one step at a time, and then uh, you know enjoy the process in between, and not get too hard on yourself if you don't get the exam. You know, just learn and, and adapt. It's just it's it's it's, it's a principle that you know I'm sure you you're, you follow in different aspects of life as well, too, lads. No, yes, yeah. I, I think that I think you're a machine buddy to be honest I think um, you know a lot of people listen to this or maybe our target target audience or people that I would speak to I would always be in the, encourage them to do more you know try and start that thing um, that you've been putting off but I, I had this conversation with you the other night although we were a few, few beers deep and I can't remember exactly what I said but I can remember <laughs> telling you that someone like yourself who um, has very like um hard job career as doing exams and playing a lot of football and traveling up and down the road is someone who you know has probably mastered everything on their plate at the minute and people like yourself don't always then have to kind of feel like they have to do the next thing the next thing in the sense of you know we've started this podcast which could be at the time like i'm not wouldn't sit and tell you oh you need to start your own thing shit not really as admirable to me because it's hard to find fellas like yourself who are smashing every aspect of life especially in, in, in such a uh, a technical profession as actuary is it actu- actuary or actuarial science well i suppose it's interchangeable like so I yeah like that so and and i know a few of my friends who went down that route um and to be honest they didn't complete the degree because it was harder and too too much to what they expected you know they had a good miles background going through school and and from what i've heard it takes um a good noggin a good mental state to constantly not only do the exams as you said but just digest all that sort of information so what i would ask you share would be you know what is, what's it what's a day in the life of share Afron? i know you said there that you know you wake up you study you go to work and then you go to you go to training but you know what kind of thoughts are you having during the day what kind of information are you processing whereas me and my job for example um you know if i'm if i'm PTing or working with people one-on-one the gym i'm dealing with you know people in the sense of um helping them reach their goals whereas in work then i'm dealing with like legal financial contracts so i'm kind of on microsoft applications you know writing emails writing documents are you solely dealing with numbers or what sort of I, how do you do what how do you deal with your day it's it's, it's so uh, as you said get up uh, around 6 a.m quick breakfast uh pr- 
uh, bit of food prep prep for throughout the day, get in two hours of study, cycle to work, uh, into work for around nine. Uh, primarily, my role is 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 uh, based on Excel and a lot of calculations, a lot of modeling and stuff. But uh, from time to time, I would be invo involved with different clients, and you know, uh, essentially, what I work in is in the group side of the business. So essentially, if you have uh, the likes of Tesco or you know uh, any big pharmaceutical firms, they seek insurance from ourselves, and yeah. we would have to communicate with them and basically nice. uh, to establish good rates for their employees and and, and their and, you know the, the, their benefit packages. Yeah. So. And during the day, you know, I, I would as much, as much as I would be facing a computer quite a bit, I still would be, uh, you know, chatting t uh, to people uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I suppose the the fact that I, I've got involved in the the corporate uh, responsibility side of things has kind of added an extra dimension to the job. Uh, and then half five, six o'clock, uh, knock off and end of the gym or on the field. I suppose it's and and eat sleep and repeat you know yeah. class. class um so i suppose another area that but it's also a derivative of discipline as well another area that i wanted to touch upon was sort of your character and strength of character so the question would be whenever you're making a decision or whenever you're faced with a decision as in you know your conscious is you know you know the decision that you should make mm. nine times out of ten whenever we were coming through school, you always made the right decision, you know, the decision that benefited you in the longer term. So my question would be, did you have a view? Did you have a view of the longer term, at, even at that stage, to make that decision or, yeah. or was there something else? I mean, I suppose a lot of the decisions that we make in here and now are, uh, you know, quite, uh, we're human beings, so a lot of it's quite emotional, emotionally driven. Um, yes. As much as I, Oshin, you probably well know, I'm, I'm quite a, an emotional character uh, from time to time. But like, I suppose I was able to compartmentalize my kind of my decisions in terms of uh, not in a robotic way as such, but I kind of knew where I wanted to get get to, and I knew to a degree what I wanted or what I needed to do to get there. Yeah. And when there were decisions that m maybe. That some Joe blogs may find quite quite challenging in order to, or you know, or may have may have succumbed to some, some sort of peer pressure. I knew what I wanted to do, so it was quite easy. Yes, I yes, suppose yes, you're, yes. It, it, it's it's essentially just being confident in and in knowing where you want to go, and then yeah. kind of things fall into place from there. Exactly, like if you can see the destination in front of you, and you're saying I I want to go here, then the the roads or the lanes either side of it become less prominent or less of a distraction nice yeah i think that's right. a key theme we've had from all our guests is that ability to put the blinkers on um and just drive forward in the face of distractions um look in the simplest form Ashton, it sticks out what you said to me at the start of when we were starting this endeavor was when when you know it's going to build up some personally successful to you and you add the value in it such as you know building our podcast page you don't count the time you just get stuck into it and and then you you know you'll get you'll get the rewards down your down the line because you back yourself back your ability and and you know it almost takes having to execute that sort of plan 
to see the return, to know the value in putting in the work in anything, so that yeah. you know that you constantly then have to push forward. And and there, as I said, Chip, in my priority piece, that like you know, you, I, I think if you you've done that across the board. So so fair play to you. It's very motivating to hear. You know, I think I that's, a, that's a good thing you mentioned there, uh, Johnny. Just the fact that you know yourself and Ashin have started this podcast, and that you know gives you value. I know. I think a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, especially in today's society, we kind of conform, conform to what society wants us to value and conform to essentially what people on social media or people, you know, in, in other aspects of life that may not be, you know, it may not be what you want, but because Joe Bloggs is saying that you should do this, then you do it. So I think, and I think an important thing is just to be clear what you see in yourself and what you value in yourself and just going for it as opposed to think, listening to other people. You know, I, I know you, there, there are a select group of people, your family, your very close friends, you know, that, that have your interests at heart. And beyond that, you really just need to focus, you know, clearly on what you want out of things. 100%. 100%. I so Johnny used the phrase, uh, you need to drive on. So whenever he said that, I was thinking of Shea driving out of fallback. Driving out of fallback. <laughs> so that'll bring us on to then, we haven't, we've hardly touched on sport at all. So I didn't actually know that you were training with Nafina. My dad actually said to me last night, whenever I told him you were coming on, he said, is he training down in Dublin or playing down in Dublin? I said, no. So how's that been? I suppose there's obviously, same with Clan Iron, there's high caliber uh, people about that Clan Iron team as well. But what's it like being down in Nafina? Have you been training with Merchant? Or Ireland winners, or yeah. Well, I suppose there, when I got involved, they had already, you know, got involved with their their county setup and yes, I I would highly I would highly doubt that the the Nafana lads see the likes of Merchant and Cooper, uh, on a weekly basis now. But um, yeah, it's it I think it's uh, it's a great experience just getting involved with with another squad uh, and having lads that you see that are very driven, you know, and I think we kind of we kind of get uh, distracted and think that there's a lot of clubs out there that, you know, just go through the motions and you, you can be rest assured these lads do not go through the motions. These lads are, were very driven and, and their training sessions were very intense. And yeah. it was great to get that a, kind of a different, uh, a different, see a different side to the, to the club football. Now I, I come, come up on a Friday evening, and but now I'm obviously training uh, more frequently with the clan Aaron, but uh the, the effort and the application that the lads at home uh, uh, exert is uh, second to none. So, uh, I mean, the experience in Afena is, is, is great from a, a social aspect because you get to meet new people, uh, but also from probably a training aspect as well. Class. Um, so here, obviously, you're involved. Um, I suppose it was almost like an inevitability. Shea was a machine in his academics, a machine in the sport the whole way through. So obviously you played for, you ended up playing for Armagh Miners, 21s, and then obviously the seniors as well. Um, so obviously being involved with the calibre of player and the calibre of person in the Armagh senior panel, working under McGinney, um, I suppose how, how did you find that experience and what did you take out of it, I suppose on a, on a discipline level and just on a broad level? Yeah, uh, I suppose um, just to, before we get into the, the county, like it, you you are the product of, of the, and I don't want to, throw out all these cliches but you're the product of the people you spend most time with and when you're in that setup 
you're exposed to guys who are just very extremely driven, extremely motivated, and you know want the same kind of goal. And I mean, it's 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 very I would I would say um, it's exciting, you know, and it it just gives you it opens up your mind completely. I know because you can come through uh, County Manor and County Under Twenty One, and not to undermine it, but when you get to the senior level, you're get kind of mixing with the likes of Kieran McKeever and Roy Grugan and Stephen Sheridan, you know, guys that are maybe, maybe are six or seven years older than you uh, who've been about the block for quite a while. And I suppose they, they have gone through the processes of going through in their late teens, early 20s, and they've learned a lot. And, you know, even just the, the discipline in terms of showing up for training half an hour beforehand, uh, they're activation work the recovery work yeah the, the video analysis it's listen it's it's i have i have nothing but admiration and respect for those who play county football because i think that the, the commitment involved is massive and yeah. it's almost like it's it's almost like a full-time job uh because yeah. the, you, what's what uh, a given person sees on a sunday when they go to watch a match is not what is it's only it's it's only about 20% of what actually goes on. Um, tip, tip of the iceberg? Tip of the iceberg. Uh, and you, uh, they come a, come a Monday morning, uh, if a guy hasn't played so well, he has to still go back to his 9-to-5 job. That's, that's mm. just the crux of the matter. It's an amateur sport. So I have, I have uh, as I say, I have nothing but respect for those, those lads and I've learned a massive amount in terms of uh, my discipline before matches, uh, discipline or my analysis after matches as well. Uh, preparation you know and the ability to try and perform during a game like it's it's something that I'll, I'll take forth and uh, in, in the future with my, my football well, nice. I, thought I, was gonna, I, I was gonna say there you, you mentioned the senior players you may talk about Armagh I think it'll be a couple of years ago you mentioned those lads who are um, being in the mid-panel or maybe six seven years older than you now but you're probably getting to that I think we're all 25 here lads where you know we're probably six years older than the 18, 19, 20 year olds in the panel. You're bringing um, probably things up from Dublin. Do you find you're, you're moving into more of a senior player role within the clan and set up yourself and having to kind of, you know, put into place what you learned at that age to develop the youth, not only in clan but obviously in, in Dublin. I know you're kind of just, you're training with the teams so you might be involved in like matches, for example. But I'm, I'm sure I would have no doubt saying that the standard football in Dublin is obviously a lot higher than our mass. So you're kind of picking up things down there and bringing it up to kind of develop your own side as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the it's I think it's kind of a, a as life is kind of an evolving process, and with with each experience that you take, you learn from it, and you know you try and get better with every day. I suppose that that the the, the time that I had with Armagh uh, was an excellent learning experience. But since then, I've had the, the university experience and with, with being exposed to like Samet Bradley from Derry, you know, Niall Keenan from Derry. And, it, you know, it's just it's, it's just about tapping into different individuals and, and, ta- and tapping into that and trying to gain as much as you can. Um, I suppose then you know, coming into my, with, with you know, I'm not not 25 yet, Johnny. Don't put years on me yet. Soon, soon, soon. soon. But, uh, next yeah, month, it's in a week. A week, a week, a week. They are. Not far <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, so I suppose we're we're very fortunate. We have a very talented bunch of bunch of players who can't earn. Uh, but we're still, you know, the average age would be quite be quite young at the minute. So I mean it's 
I've always, I've always like assumed kind of quite leadership roles, even from a, from a young age, I, um, I've taken on those uh, roads responsibilities. So, I mean, it's just about what, what can you do? You know, what can, what can I do today to benefit me tomorrow? That's the kind of the, the way I look at things. And, um, yeah, you're saying also. And I was going to say anything that benefits you, Shea Haffron is ultimately going to benefit the team, especially yeah. because obviously you're, you're captain as well. So I suppose, uh, yeah, like, I mean, that's first and foremost, if you do, and if you perform your role to the best of your ability, that's obviously ultimately going to going to benefit the team, but it's yeah. about I think because we've all been part of team, uh, we've all been part of a kind of a team environment at certain stages in life. I think it's a very different kind of attitude that you would take to say the likes of an individual sport like golf or tennis. You know, you have to be solely driven, you know, uh, on your goal and quite I suppose quite selfish. But when you're a part of a team environment you know there there's so much more and yeah. they bring in lads with you and you look at you look at the michael jordan documentary i suppose michael jordan's not well it's like he as much as he was a bit of a prick from time to time he brought the best out of the the lads that around him yeah and um i mean he's probably an extreme but i think that's yeah. essentially the main crux of being a team player is that as much as you want to be the best that you can be you also want to bring out the best in the people around you as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I suppose the question that I would have at this stage, given obviously your career is a seriously time-consuming and energy-consuming career, mm-hmm. um, and given the sort of trajectory that, that's going to come along with this, um, would, you see yourself, would you see yourself playing for Arma in the future, considering, considering that? Yeah, the... the Hopefully. The, yeah, the, like the, the first and foremost, I would I considered a, a, a massive honour to play for your county, and it was a privilege for me to play for my county at that stage. And from that, like the first, the first and foremost, you need to be you need to be playing, uh, you need to be performing at a at a at a certain level, a certain high level, in order to be selected to to be playing for your county. So that's I think that's kind of the base. Uh, and I would I would hope that you know I'd be I would be performing at that level for the next five five year five plus years. But aside from that, uh, I think the I've touched on it before that the commitment involved with county football is massive. And uh, I kind of probably one of the, the biggest aspects that I learned from uh, Kieran McGinney was the fact that if you want to be the best at something, you really need to to give give of your all and and be obsessive about it. And I suppose, you know, when I when I left the panel a couple of years back, I I just I, I said to myself, I, I you know, I had different priorities, and I just probably had to to weigh up what meant more to me at the time and what I could give at the time, because essentially, you know, as much as as much as we try to get the most out of every day, we only we have twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, trying to uh, I don't want to put it in another cliche, but uh, you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, mm. when, uh, you know, robbing, when you rob Peter, you don't have enough to pay for Paul. So, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the, the whole idea of that is, uh, it's very circumstantial. You know, if, if I'm in Dublin and commuting back and forth, you know, it's, 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 it's massive commitment. And, yeah, it's tough. But I mean, 
if I can, if that, if it works within my lifestyle, then and yeah. I'm performing at, at at the right level, then certainly I, I would like to to think that I would play again. Well, Shay, look, you're you're an all or nothing individual, and I can tell what you mean there. It's you don't want to spread yourself spread yourself too thinly. Um, and I had a bit of experience with that when I was playing last year, coming from Belfast to Armagh, just to travel alone. You know, it's very very taxing. You don't want to feel that not only you know yourself, you're always giving hundred percent, but it's a team sport. And you know the way GA and football teams are is you know some lads they're living locally, it's handier for them to roll into training after work. But if you have to do that traveling and everything else that comes comes with it, it just makes it all that bit harder. So you know I think all the more fair play to you for stepping away and you know just saying you couldn't give it hundred percent at the time, committing to your career and, and leaving the door open because uh, I think we'd all we'd all as Armagh fans. I like to see that in the future, but but look, that's that's inspiring to hear. You know, at no point do you ever, you know, close close the door completely or burn any bridges. Um, and you know, if you were to take that on back in your plate, of course, it would be a big commitment and, and a lot to do. But I think you'd be hundred percent capable of it. So, um, so so good luck in in that aspect. Um, you know, keep working hard. Um, on on what's for you will will come to you. That that will be my sort of concluding point. That. And I'll just let you know that I'll be taking a lot away from this um, in terms of how I assert myself and the drive that I, I, I give to my endeavours. And I look forward to the next time we chat because I think the three of us are on a very upward trajectory in terms of chasing our goals. And um, hopefully it's only onwards and upwards from here. What would you say to that, Ashton? I would say absolutely agree. I knew before Shay obviously came on the show that he was an absolute machine. So hopefully we have got that out of him. Uh, for the betterment of our audience. So absolute pleasure chatting to you, Shay. So could I just finish with one, one sort of quick fire question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question that I have for any of our younger audience listening, so for anyone who's 16, 17, 18, um, coming, into, coming into a time in their lives where more distractions are coming into play, what would you say, what would you say to them? I would say, I would say probably, what how how like when you're you're 16 17 um think of your future self and think of what what person you want to be and where you want to be when you're 27 26 27 and is is what i is what you're going to do in the next six to 12 months next year two years is that going to lead you to to be that person when you're 26 27 unreal unreal couldn't have been a better answer. Uh, so yeah, lads, uh, absolute pleasure chatting this morning. Um, can't wait for the episode to be released. Um, and our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll catch you soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks, uh, thanks Ashley. Episode 11 in the books. Peace out. See you.